What? <laughs> oh man, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the casting guy. <laughs> I just wanted to have a little bit of fun, see if I could uh, make some magic happen, make that work, you know what I mean? Um, hope everybody's been good. I kind of took a little bit of time off this summer, made some major changes. I'm back in Hollywood. Hold on, I, I, I feel the need to cough just a second. Uh, Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm back in Hollywood um, working on a couple of announcements I want to make before we get in today's, into today's episode. Okay, I have an event coming up September 11th, this Saturday, 2 to 5 if you're in Hollywood. Feel free to go to my website, acxmodels.com. Uh, to find the link to RSVP. Love to have you there. Free event. Um, there'll be f food, uh, drinks, free, complimentary. Uh, feel free. You can bring your own drinks. You know what I mean? You can bring your own food. It's that kind of event. So should be a good uh, networking event. It's also celebrating the launch of my Roku station. Everybody feel free to go download my channel, ACX Plus, available now on Roku, and it'll be dropping soon on Amazon Fire TV as well. Um, also, the launch of my women's fashion store online, ACX Lifestyle. So that's what we have going on uh, this coming weekend. Also an opportunity for me to network and meet uh, some new talent that um, in the industry, models, actors. I'll have some, a few of my celebrity friends and models at the event as well. Very, very limited engagement. You know, I'm not gonna have, it's not gonna be 100 people or anything like that. I'm actually trying to limit it to about mm, between 20 and 30. Um, but you never know, we'll see. Um, all right, in any case, that's what's going on this weekend. Again, go to ACX Models com to get registered uh, RSVP for the event if you are in town in Hollywood locally and want to participate okay okay moving on let me just show you um, oh yeah you know what before I move on let me give you a little glimpse of my my, my the flyer real quick take a little take a little look at this here um, let's see yeah there it is Models to Millionaires, these are gonna be my new events. I'm gonna start doing more and more of these um, featuring different different uh, models and the collections that we have in this store. This is one of my favorite models in the whole world, Sarah Grace Lee, Miss Sarah Grace collection. That's what we're gonna do. Um, we've done a lot of shoots, um, a lot of work on what we have coming up here um, a lot of work to position ourselves to do this event and to launch this line and in her collection specifically so um, yeah I hope you guys it's one of my favorite pictures uh, of Sarah from our shoot in Malibu uh, you know what I'm gonna show you a couple of a couple of this just for fun since since we're talking about her why not right yeah yeah cool uh, is another one. Yeah, love that. Um, boom. You know, we were just hanging out yesterday. I probably should have done this with her. <laughs> but if you watched the last episode of uh, the Casting Guy podcast, then you saw me interview her through Zoom. 
and uh, you know we talk, hang out all the time. So in any case, um, yes, that's that. Sarah Grace Collection, guys, f ladies, feel free to go online and start looking at the store, ACX Lifestyle. Let us know what you like, um, and be happy to accommodate you guys as we get the store going on our soft launch here. So, anyways, moving on to our questions of the day. Um, I get a lot of questions on Quora that I'd like to answer here in this podcast. So let's go, let's look at these questions. I'm going to answer three or four questions today. I'm not going to do any more than that. I'm going to keep it simple here. All right. First question, do I have to live in LA to start acting or filmmaking? The answer is no. You know, really, LA does not have a monopoly on filmmaking. You know, there's a lot of films done in New York. Um, there's quite a few films done in Canada. There's a films done everywhere, you know? It's just, this is uh, one of the main cities, if not the main city, um, where you're gonna find a lot of like-minded individuals in this business and um, you're gonna have a lot of networking opportunities, marketing opportunities, uh, casting opportunities, a lot of opportunities you may not be able to find elsewhere. But truthfully, you do not have to start um, your career in LA, you know? I always tell people great thing to do is to, if you want to be an actor, start developing a one-person show. You've heard of them before. You might have even gone to one. You know, there's people that are highly successful marketing and performing their one-person shows. I think of a woman, um, what's her name? Nah, she does a play, I can't remember her name right now, it's escaping me, but it's called Not That Jewish. And um, this lady has, um, she's making six figures a year performing her show in New York. So, I mean, imagine if you have a one-person show, um, if you can fill up 60 to 90 minutes, entertain people, I mean, just think of that's what stand-up comedians do. And they travel the whole country performing, making money. You could do the same thing. So there's no reason, you know, that's just out of the question. You know, get, if you're not a strong writer, you get with somebody who can write and try to help you write something. I mean, the easiest stuff to tap into for a one-person show is uh, something that's on your own life, an episode from your, your own life. Like, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, if you're 17, 18, maybe you've had some sort of high school dance and you're, uh, maybe a young lady's been an anticipating who's going to ask her. Is, is the guy she likes going to ask her? I mean, there's dramatics. Maybe the guy she likes likes her girlfriend, you know? So um, there's, there's all types of ways to dramatize that kind of situation into an hour of entertainment, hour, hour and a half of entertainment for everybody. So you don't, you don't, you could rent a church, a community hall. Uh, you don't, you don't have to have a theater to perform that in, but you know, a theater is, does cater to that, but not every city and town has its own theater. So, you know, it could be a high school or middle school gymnasium, you know, but you, you basically you want to start where you're at, whatever you have access to 
and you know, build your audience, build your fan base. That's what you have to do anyway. I think that's a whole lot better than coming with nothing to a city like LA or New York where suddenly the, the, the cost of living is three times what you're used dealing with. You have no kind of like, nothing marketable behind you. Um, yeah, I mean, it just a stronger play to come up with your own content, your own material, and then use that to start building your buzz, you know, and, and hopefully build your bank account at the same time, okay? So no, the answer, short answer is you don't have to live in LA to start an acting career or filmmaking career. I mean, it is harder to find, let's face it, the best talent, they gravitate to places like New York, Los Angeles, um, but you're going to find talent in Chicago. You're going to find some talent in Detroit. You're going to find some talent everywhere. You know, um, let's face it: not everybody that's professional talent uh, or professional crew people. They didn't all. They weren't all born in L.A. or New York. So they started somewhere. They went to school. And uh, Sam Raimi, for example, went to Michigan State University. You know, directed Spider-Man. And um, everybody, you know. Everybody comes from someplace else. This is a New York and LA are melting pots of everywhere else. So that talent does exist outside of this city. You can find it. It's going to be harder. Not going to lie, but it does. It is out there. Okay. So there's no reason you can't make a quality project and go after distribution just like everyone else. I mean, you've got Amazon available. You've got. Um, there's all type Hulu. You've got all these streaming platforms that cater that cater to. Uh, they need content. Let me put it that way. They need content, and um, you know, there may not be a lot of money in your first endeavor, but what you will have is is you've done something, and believe it or not, that counts for something huge. And you know, I, in fact, even if you don't. Even if you kind of mess up or, you know, maybe the movie doesn't turn out doing everything, it doesn't win the Oscar, everything you've ever hoped for. You know what the truth is? In my life, I've learned way more from my failures than from my successes. So um, if you're not, you know, I heard Denzel Washington say this. If you're not failing at anything, then you're not trying hard enough. And there's a whole bunch of truth in that, okay? So that answers that. Moving on. Um, let's see, what question, what is this? Do television actors in a long-running series get bored with playing the same character and ask the writers to make a script where they can play a different character or showcase a different personality? You know what? You bet. You bet they do. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but there have been many actors that have gotten tired of uh, the the way their character is portrayed. I think of, uh, shoot, you know, uh, what am I thinking? Of? The I Love Lucy show years ago. Uh, Fred and Ethel, I think, was her name. Ethel was hated being married to Fred. She felt like he was too mu too much older than her for that to be like um, aspirational. I suppose. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't have all the details memorized exactly, but you know, she she didn't get tired of that paycheck, 
you know? So on some level, yes. You know, uh, plenty of actors, just all types of scenarios where you find out talent didn't like each other. I think I, I think, I could be mistaken, but I thought there was some friction between um, Dwayne Johnson and, um, what's his name, Vin, Vin Diesel in, in one of those Fast and the Furious movies. I, I don't remember. But, um, yeah, I mean, you see this all the time where love interests don't don't get along, don't even like each other, but then they're on, on screen, you know, kissing and smooching and everything else. Uh, um, I'm sure this is very common in the soap opera, soap opera uh, roles, you know, it's, it's, it's common. So, yeah, right, uh, actors are asking or hoping that the producers and writers will have them portray their characters some other kind of way. But that's really not up to them. That's a decision that's generally over, um, you know, over the a, a different. It's a different title, you know. So uh, actors unfortunately don't have too much say in that, unless they're a producer on the film, you know, or a producer on the the TV series, you know, um, or because I mean even. Man, I mean, you hear of this all the time, where the main lead actor has. Well, you don't not, you don't actually you don't hear of it all the time, but you do hear of it. I remember Red Fox stepped away from Fred Sanford and Son for a season. Um, I think, I, but that wasn't. I don't think that was related to his portrayal so much as it was his contract. Um, in any case, yes, the answer to this question is yes. Um, actors in long-running series can get bored or can get. Uh, tired of the way they're, the character they're depicting and maybe they do want some sort of change or another but they're not so tired to you know stop working on the show and, and get a new paycheck and in some cases that has happened in a very in very few cases uh, the writers end up writing a character out killing them off or I mean you know, there's all types of things that that uh, well very easy for them to in, in a lot of situations for them to figure out how to um, lose this character. I think that happened to John Amos, um, I think. Any case, I try to read these questions and answer off the cuff. I don't sit here and go do a bunch of research and look at Google stuff to answer. I'm just answering them live as the answers uh, come to me. So. Um, guys do a little more research on, on what I'm saying. But here we go. Uh, the next question. Is the film industry going creatively bankrupt? I don't think so. Never. No, no, no. Um, but what you see oftentimes is there are people that are the green lighters, the gatekeepers, the people that make the decisions over what this studio is going to um, produce and put out. And that's becoming more and more of a popularity contest, in my, my opinion, and less about who's actually qualified and who knows what makes a good story. You know, so what you see is you find that so-and-so was related to so-and-so, you know, the nepotism. And sometimes they, 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 they get these good, these good positions. And then... The, what we notice is this is why uh, it seems like 
Shonda Rhimes is writing everything. Or, um, you know, the same people, Tyler Perry, the same people have a grip on um, everything, you know, because the people that are hiring them and cutting deals with them, they're looking at job security. They don't want to lose their jobs. So they know that this person is a proven marketable entity. And so they want to, uh, they, they want to make sure that they have longevity, shelf life on the job, so they try to do all these deals with this, as many deals as they can with these people. And so that's why you see a lot of the same repetitive uh, types of materials, types of content, because people aren't as risk takers. When you got a whole lot to lose, you got you know, a $400,000 salary, $500,000 salary that's at stake over you know, a couple bad decisions. Um, you, you got a family and whatnot. You don't want to jeopardize that. So we end up seeing sequel after sequel, you know, of this and that. We got, I don't know, but step up 27, bring it on 52. And, you, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, but there's also something to that too where, like, hey, the audience is, is there. If the audience is there and there's demand for it. Um, there's a following for it. They keep making money. They're gonna do it till the. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna roll with it till the wheels fall off. Okay, so. Um, but to answer your question, is the film industry going creatively bankrupt? I don't think so. Not at all. You know, um, but we do need them to take some more risks, and maybe you know. You don't have, every movie doesn't have to be 75 million, 100 million dollar production. You know, we can, we don't mind seeing good stories that are a uh, million dollar production, five million dollar production. You know, all this hog, all these, you know, people commenting on this movie only cost this and that and thinking that that um, equates into the quality of the movie. That's hogwash. It really is. I remember probably 20 years ago now. Uh, there was a movie, I think it was called In the Bedroom, and um, I can't, Tom, what was the actor's name? Uh, it escapes me now, but I think that film won Best, Os uh, Best Picture at the Oscars. So, shoot, recently there was a movie, uh, Moonlight. Um, now I didn't see it, but from what I understood at the time, it's been a few years since I've thought about the movie, really. I don't think that was a huge budget film either, and it wins Best Picture yet again. It's not about how much money is spent. So, you know, you can make Iron Man 25. Uh, I don't even go see those types of films, those big, 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 um, I don't even know, big superhero uh, franchise films. It's just not, doesn't really interest me. Um, but yeah, in the film industry, is the film industry going creatively bankrupt? No, I don't think so. Don't believe that. Uh, let's see. That was three. I'll do one more. <sighs> what is this one? This is a little longer. <clears throat> Netflix asked Adam Sandler to not set his movie in China. Okay, I don't know if that's true or not, but just going off this question. As the company doesn't want to do, oh, I see. Netflix asked Adam Sandler to not set his movie in China as the company doesn't want to do business in the country. Why wouldn't Netflix want to do a business, 
do business in a country with such a huge market. Okay. Um, whether this, this is kind of a loaded question because I have to assume that everything is correct and accurate here, and I, uh, you know, just to answer this. Um, but I would, I would say that what this comes down to is a moral decision. You know, we're talking about such, well, it's not just a moral decision, but I, I'm going to explain this. If, if, if Netflix doesn't want to do business in the country that has such a huge market, that tells me the leadership at, at Netflix is debating one, or, one of two things. A lot of times when films are sold overseas, in America, it's easy, you know, they keep track of the ticket sales, you know, but oftentimes when a movie is sold to for, foreign markets, they sell it for a one-time price. They just, foreign licensing, and they sell it because they don't trust the idea that they'll get accurate reporting of the numbers from fill-in-the-blank country, okay? So oftentimes, they'll just license something to them because um, you know, they have a fear of potentially being uh, cheated, you know? So that's one reason. I don't know if Netflix feels that way about China in particular. I don't know. Um, but that's a reason why Netflix wouldn't, you know, the, the question here is, as the company, wait, what is the question? Why wouldn't Netflix want to do business in a country with such a huge market? I'm just speculating that it could be that, or um, it could be that the leadership at Netflix has a problem with the politics in China. You know, China is doesn't operate the same way uh, the U.S. does. Um, and therefore, this the morals of the leadership at Netflix may be at odds with um, some aspect of working with this country. Now, I don't know specifically, but for example, myself, I'll just use myself as an example. I don't shop at Walmart, okay? Walmart is a Chinese company. Well, it's, it was started by the, the Waltons. This is really, man, I don't even want to get into <laughs> the whole thing here, but here, here's my issue. You know, in order for Walmart to deliver such cheap prices on certain items in particular. Um, they're requiring, they're relying on Chinese supply, suppliers. And some of the, there's a great documentary. Let me sum it up like this, because I don't, I don't want to break all this down and take another 30 minutes. Great documentary I saw, I think it's available on YouTube still. Um, and I believe it was called The High Cost of Low Prices. You know, I watched that, and I could be getting confused again. I'm, I didn't sit here and Google anything. There's, another, there's a book I read once called um, The Walmart Effect, I believe. 
and it just t breaks down um, what some of the infrastructure of these businesses, these huge businesses like a Walmart, and how it's actually uh, counter. It, it it's 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 not as good for <laughs> the economy as we believe. Um, yes, you get uh, a, a, a radio clock radio for five dollars, but shouldn't something? Wouldn't you think something like that w would warrant a higher price? So in order for them to deliver you a gadget like that for only $5, they had to take some serious uh, cost-cutting measures to create that uh, item, okay? And it's quite frightening when I learned of the working conditions for the Chinese workers. Um, it's unsettling, you know. I've, I've, I, I can't remember where I read this or what, uh, saw this, but you know, I, there are supposedly nets surrounding buildings uh, in China, uh, Walmart, Walmart buildings. There's nets there to catch people from jumping out of the windows, obviously to commit suicide. That's how bad it is, you know. And then I know here. You know the Waltons themselves. You know, they're like a few of them are in the like the top ten, twenty richest people in America. But yet, you know, a lot of their employees don't get enough. They, they work them just enough, but not enough for them to qualify for their benefits, full-time benefits. And many of these people are being subsidized on you know different welf welfare systems. And so I don't have anything against the employee. I mean, that's, they're just trying to provide a life. But what, what you see when you look at that, you see a wealthy family running a huge business like Walmart. And then you see the American public subsidizing their staffing because there's a lot of employees on welfare, you know, on some sort of social system to subsidize what Walmart pays them because Walmart won't give them enough hours to, um, you know, for them to be in a higher tax bracket. So that's, I'm just extrapolating that there's some, something that Netflix feels is, is probably a human rights violation uh, in China. You know, and um, you know, oftentimes too, there's a lot of like duplicating, illegal duplication, piracy that goes on when you you work with some of these uh, companies that you know, their servers aren't located in the U.S. and they can get away with stuff. The government can't, you can't go after them if the servers aren't aren't here in America. Um, it's hard to enforce certain things. So, it, you know, when you're looking at millions and millions of dollars that could be stolen, pirated, um, hosted on some other platform than Netflix, you know, 
quick flicks or whatever, and Netflix is no longer seeing any revenue from that, but yet they spent the money producing this film, like it's it can present a, a huge problem, huge problem. I this is why when I'm sitting in the barber shop or whatever, and I see somebody come in with some bootlegs, you know, hey, I got DVDs, DVDs, you know, three for ten dollars or whatever. I never buy that stuff, ever. And I tell them if I if it's someplace I have control over, I've told them, man, you gotta go. You gotta leave. I, I don't want this in here. It's bad for the business, you know. Um, and it's just, you know, I actually commend Netflix for. I, I mean, I don't know the situation exactly, you know, um, but that would be my guess. Uh, Netflix feels a moral dilemma, or um, it has affected their financial bottom line in some kind of way by um, working with China and they don't want to do they want to minimize that as much as possible so that's 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 that would be my guess there okay all right guys um, hey if anybody has any type of uh, questions feel free to uh, go to acxmodels.com you can email me and um, or I've got a form there, or you go the casting guy, actually the castingguy.com. I believe I have a form there as well. Could be mistaken, but um, in any case, okay. Other than that, I'll be looking for more questions on Quora. It was so great to, um, it's great to be back. I'm gonna get this going again, and um, yeah, that's it. You know, thank you guys so much.